Hello, I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. We're proud to present this series of 10 discussions with prominent British Columbians in what we call the BIV Business Leadership Series, where they're going to share their views on the impact of the pandemic and how our economy can recover. Our series is sponsored by PwC and by FASCAM. Their messages appear at the start and finish of our conversations, and we're brought to you by UBC Souter Executive Education. All of its programs are running online now until the end of the year, offering an opportunity to engage with faculty and peers in virtual classrooms. Enjoy the conversations. PwC Canada, our purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. What we have today is a very important problem. This pandemic affects us all globally. In BC, as the curve continues to flatten, we are settling into new ways of working and considering what business, as usual, may look like going forward. We are proud of PwC to sponsor this podcast series from Business in Vancouver to talk about what business leaders should know. Returning to the workplace isn't just about physical places. It's about finding opportunities to thrive in this new era. So let's keep the conversation going. What you say has surprised you the most about everything we've since gone through? Just how well we've worked at Zoom, like we're doing right now. And I know our office started working to Zoom about six months ago, and I just found it quite effective. And so we were really ready to go. Um, and I and and so I think you know we're you're probably even finding this now too. But will we end up with 20, just twenty percent of core people working in our offices now? Will we end up with a um, just meeting on Fridays, coming in, breaking up into little groups, having our, keeping our culture together, having lunch together, and then going away for another week. Um, how will we react when we have new employees come in who need to get to know everyone? Can you actually get to know someone really by Zoom, or do you need some interpersonal relationship with people in order to, you know, to, um, to engage people and have them come into the fabric of the culture in the company? Um, I think the, the other thing that I think is going to happen is, uh, VR e-commerce. So I can, I can see where, um, uh, it's just the, the websites that we see now for e-commerce are going to look archaic. And I think to be able to, um, click onto a website and have maybe even a, a specific person that's got a, a, a um, some kind of camera on their head and they're walking around in a store which is set up in a warehouse that's really inexpensive to do way out in the suburbs or a VR with a, um, uh, a salesperson that's a, you know, um, a bot of some sort will be the way of the future. And it's going to be interesting to see if like if online retailing will be what people like in stores, kind of the hunt and peck type of thing. Uh, someone that can lead you around in a store. Oh, I like that pant. There's a bunch of things on mannequins. There's a display over here. Um, there's somebody that can show you the garment, show you what, you know, the technical parts of a garment or what you can't see about it, um, can tell you about the fit of it. I think it can be just done as well online as it can otherwise. Yeah, well, it, so how did you first respond when you started to apprehend the threat to business of COVID-19? <clears throat> well, uh, I think that we didn't expect the severity that uh, has occurred. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been through a few things before, 
but uh, nothing like this. And uh, the, the depth of the problem and the length of it, uh, there's nothing like it ever happened before in the history of the world that I'm aware of. And so it's, it, it covered a lot of new ground. The, are the actual opportunities for business in the time ahead? I think the opportunities are what you're doing right now, engagement. Uh, I use on uh, the museum boards I sit on, stop asking for money, start engaging uh, future donors, people with art that can donate to you, contributors, artists, start through engagement. And I think there's a huge opportunity here that we're social animals, we wanna get back to seeing each other, we've been Zooming each other, you know, the problem with Zoom and meetings is I can't lean over and say, Kirk, are you guys going to Hawaii in September? We can't have that. We have to dumb everything down that it's a conversation. The answer to that is no, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> it's no, me either. I don't think I'm traveling this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I do think there's a huge opportunity, simple things. There's this huge opportunity uh, for engagement. But I think we, we're going to reevaluate a little bit how we live. Um, I, if I take it to real estate in the city of Vancouver, you're allowed 40 square feet of storage space in a suite. Um, I convinced you 20 years ago that you didn't need a den. We will just put your computer on a raised counter with a USB port. I think you need the den again. We're finding on these calls uh, that if we could get that 40 square feet blended in. But I think livability is going to be a huge topic on on our housing fronts. I, I think, you know, transportation during COVID is completely different than after COVID. Because right now, you know, how many people do you want on a SkyTrain? How many people do you want in an Uber? You know, in Seattle, there's a rental development that just switched to condo, but there's only 0.2 parking. There's 80% of the suites don't have parking. That's fine when Uber's all up and running great but right now will you get in an uber without a hazmat suit some people know and some people they're, they're, they're taking that risk okay and, and last question carol and and uh, also asking others about this so in in this whole pandemic what do you feel you've learned about yourself i really need work i really enjoy my work and um Intellectually, I need that kind of challenge and stimulation, and I know that uh, this has been a real test of that. But also, I would say my um, my social contacts, you know, my good friends, my family for sure, and my business friends. Uh, I think I'd taken all of that a bit for granted, and now really appreciate how important that social network is. Especially British Columbia, we're, we're really known for kind of the importance of entrepreneurs, small businesses. Is that going to be of concern, though? Because maybe it's just going to be tighter margins for those small time businesses uh, moving forward. You know, I think um, the whole business model is going to adapt the whole thing. And, you know, if you look at a small business that now has to invest in deep cleaning, that now has to invest in PPE, um, it's going to cost them more to deliver services. And I think the consumer needs to be ready to adapt to that and paying a little bit more of a premium for these services that we value. So the model is going to change, but hopefully some things are going to become a little bit cheaper uh, in terms of, you know, 
the what you deliver and how you deliver it through innovation. So, you know, you know, less travel. Um, I can tell you we're more efficient by virtue of being able to do Zoom meetings. Documentation, you used to have to come in and do your documentation in front of us and sign it, sign it. Now we're looking at digital documentation where you can sign it remotely and send it in. We're looking, you used to have to go into some of our branches for facial verification and ID verification. Um, we're now piloting um, technology to do that in our call centers. So um, certainly we're adapting. It's gonna be the, um, the services uh, industry, you know, just the, the pure services that retail around the street that um, I'm gonna make a plea while I'm on here that we're all gonna have to support. And, uh, you know, our services, I was talking to another woman is we're going to have to be um, very supportive with our, our tipping and if they increase our prices, um, let's make sure we support them because they're really important to the economy and they're really important to us. So, th so th that's kind of the moral uh, piece that's going to come out of that. I, I don't mean to sound uh, droll about it, but I mean, I, I almost go back to my childhood now going, look, it's a plane, you know, because there aren't that many planes up there right now. Um, no. No. What's what's your, uh, speculate a little bit, how how are we going to get this back? What's the, what's the human psyche turn of the corner that we need here? Yeah, it's all about confidence, right? And so what we saw after 9-11 is our confidence in the safety and security of uh, flying uh, was significantly challenged. And if you think back to that time, there was not a lot of people who are getting excited about getting on an airplane anytime soon, and we saw a significant drop. This challenge is different for a different way, but it will require the same kind of rebuilding of confidence. Hopefully, uh, thanks to technology and some innovation in a less lining up forever way. Yeah. But we are we are going to need to think through some of those things. And the airline industry and aviation also was challenged uh, because of climate. And so needing to make some investments in the way that we work uh, to do our part to make sure that when people fly, um, they're doing it with the lowest carbon footprint uh, possible. So this is an opportunity to really rethink the whole value chain uh, make sure we're doing the right thing uh, for the economy, for the planet, uh, and building the confidence of people so they can fly. Well, let me leave you off with this. I know lots of meetings ahead, as you mentioned before, but what do you think you miss most about kind of our, our pre-pandemic life, you know, before we're experiencing this new normal? What, what do you miss most about that? Look, I do miss the interaction with people. Uh, I don't miss the travel. Um, but uh, you know the the interaction with people face to face, brainstorming, uh, sharing stories, uh, the the human touch. I mean that that's uh, that's something that we all need. I mean that we're all sort of people. It's just part of a part of what we live for. And uh, and I've been missing that. You know, I, and we're going to get there. Um, you know, in the end, uh, when we can get back to normal, what was normal before, it's uncertain. But we're going to need mass testing, and we're going to need a vaccine. Uh, and we're going to need to develop some practices that help uh, reduce the risk of resurgences in either this virus or other viruses coming along. One of the things that uh, we've seen a lot of attention paid to is copper and the, the antimicrobial properties of copper. And you may have heard of this, but there's an article in, in the media almost every day about it. But it turns out that uh, viruses like, like COVID-19 on, on a, a stainless steel surface or a wood surface or plastic surface, they can live for days and days. 
but on a copper surface, they die within two to four hours. And so uh, for the high touch surfaces like doorknobs and railings, and particularly in hospitals, uh, nursing station countertops, intensive care units, getting copper surfacing there can make uh, our whole society structurally, structurally healthier. And so I was intrigued to see that Toyota, when they announced they were reopening their plant in Ontario, they're coating all the railings with copper. Tech has donated copper surfaces to the Vancouver General Hospital's intensive care unit, and they've been studying it for the last two years, and they have some really good numbers about reduced infections and making people safer. So I hope that uh, as we go forward, you'll see copper applied. It can even spray on copper surfaces to all sorts of surfaces that make society healthier in the end, safer, which then allows us to get back to human contact back to normal. As well, we I think one thing we've seen in the past is, is in a lot of traditional industries, we have our operations model or our industry or our company. And then over here, we have an innovation department or the technology department that sort of stands as a, as a department outside of our company. We even talk about it in the way we talk about the economy. We have all these sectors and then we have the technology sector. What, what COVID has taught us is that technology is woven through all parts of our organization, whether it's employee engagement and the HR element, whether it's customer service and, and getting our products or services into our customers, whether it's our operations or whether it's our marketing, technology is going to make us faster, better, stronger. And the companies that will come through COVID successfully and in a position to grow are the ones that, that realize the technology will help every element of their business. It's not an add-on when you have time to pay attention. I'm curious about, and I don't know how far ahead we can look, but I mean, do you think that there will be opportunities emerging out of this? Or do you think it's ultimately going to result in, I don't know, maybe a setback for the industry, even in the long term? I don't see that for British Columbia. Um, I just think that we're going to be one of the leaders in the industry. Um, we want to set the standard. I think it's a real opportunity for us to, um, you know, be you know the the best jurisdiction anywhere um, globally to uh, do film production. Um, so, um, you know, we're excited about that part of it. Um, and you know, I, I I guess we look at it as an opportunity now. Um, but once we've got over the initial shock, I mean. You know, there's an awful lot of people that are out of work right now in the industry that we'd love to get back to work. And, um, you know, and so we want to ramp up, you know, when we can. And um, uh, but when we do, you know, we expect to be here for the long term. You know, you look at British Columbia itself and it has a very diversified economy. It was able to navigate the 2008 uh, financial crisis quite well. We, we went through that recession and came out stronger economy than other provinces. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, what do you think about BC's ability to bounce back or BC's ability to navigate this crisis right now? I'll tell you, I, I feel very privileged in that uh, we're a global business. We have 6,000 customers in 130 countries around the world. And while two thirds of my employee base are here in Vancouver and I'm a fiercely loyal Canadian, less than 5% of my customers are actually in Canada. And so I, I feel very privileged in that, um, you know, at the risk of complexity, I have the ability to flatten my risks 
risks and opportunities by virtue of having access to customers all around the world. And I think for uh, BC-based organizations that have that global ambition, or at least even that uh, global backdrop already, that they're they're going to be in a very very good position to be resilient through uh, through situations like this. And it's probably just worth emphasizing as a Canadian commercial, uh, you know, the diversity of the talent pool in our community. I know we have uh, employees from 35 different countries of origin. I think that's one of the great things about being a, a core employer in BC is that we're able to, you know, source from that kind of diverse talent pool and it allows us to build products that are, you know, sought after around the world. Thank you everyone for attending today's very interesting session. I'm Will Westring, Managing Partner of Faskin's BC Region, which includes our downtown Vancouver and Surrey locations. Faskin is a Canadian-based international law firm with offices across Canada in London, England, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Beijing, China. We are BC's largest law firm and have been serving this province's business community for over 130 years. At Faskin, we provide a full range of legal services, including assisting clients in relaunching their operations and implementing COVID-19 business recovery efforts. Please call us or visit our website for information on all the services we provide, including our COVID-19 Knowledge Centre. We really are in this together. Thank you.